welcome to ABW Live. Uh, do not adjust your sets. It is me, John. It's not Danny. I'm just like a younger version of him. Maybe by 20 years, apparently, that's what he said. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about Olympiakos 1, Arsenal 3. Whew, that was um, difficult. Anyway, this, this put it mildly. Uh, and tonight, I am uh, glad to be joined by Cactus Cash. You're right, Richard? How you doing, mate? Hey, John. How's it going, buddy? I'm good. You yeah. good? I, I'm, I'm feeling better now. There was moments <laughs> where I wasn't feeling great tonight. But yeah, after the 90 minutes, it, it all came good. Um, just say a quick hello to people in the chat box. Uh, we've got Corey, K-Man, Anti-Revive, Supercalifragilisticexpialsodocious, uh, Phil Macker, Julian Salmon, Joshua Page, Scarlet Fallon, who else is in here? Renry, uh, Zoidberg, Avon Tellington, uh, Divian, Tubelfell, Tulpfell, I don't know how you said that, sorry. Formerly knows that, and Jonas Berg as well. Hello, hello, hello. Um, and anyone else watching who's not popped their head in the chat yet. Um, right, so let's dive straight into the game because there's quite a few talking points. And last show, we didn't get too many listeners' questions, so we're going to try and, try and get some of them in tonight. Um, lineup's rich. Um, probably not really a big surprise for most of the selection. I think it was near enough our strongest lineup. The one question I think myself on Twitter and quite a few other people had was Willian starting. Um, did you have any problem with the lineup? Would you have gone with Pepe or um, Smith Rowe? Obviously, wasn't fully fit, so it probably would have been Pepe was the obvious one to swap in for Willian. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, that was the only only um, selection that kind of had me queried. Um, uh, I would I would like to see Pepe given a, a, a better run, especially since he's started to come into to more form. Um, but yeah, that was the, that was the only one that kind of scratched my head a little bit. But you know, if we're quote unquote saving him for North London derby, I'd I'd much rather him play in the North London derby than play tonight. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's a tough. One. I, you know, I'm I'm no fan of of William uh, at all. Um, he has been better of late. Not exactly pulled up trees, but he's been better. Um, but yeah, so as I say, if we, we, we're we're saving uh, Pepe or uh, and that for the for the North London derby, so be it. I can uh, I can take my lunch with that one. Yeah, uh, it's it's difficult because obviously as fans, you're when the game starts, you're only thinking about that game, or when you see the lineup, you're going, "Oh, mm. why well, is this player not starting? Why that player not starting?" But as the manager, you got to think about. The weekend's game, the follow-up leg in this tie, um, and the game after that, which I can't remember who it is we're playing now. Um, but you have to kind of balance that. So my hope is, at least, that because Pepe didn't start this game, means he will start against Spurs. Um, but we'll we'll jump into the game just just quickly before we do. There was uh, Amin Tennington put about uh, 50-50 on Mari missing out. I think that's a fair shout as well, because mm. I don't think he's really... Yeah. I don't think he's put a foot wrong, to be fair. Um, but Gabriel hasn't been inside for a while. She thought he was pretty decent tonight and obviously contributed as well. Um, but we'll jump into the game. Starting off, I thought we were brilliant. Like, look comfortable yeah. on the ball, loads of possession. Olympiacos weren't troubling us at all. And we had two really good chances mm. um, where we should have gone, gone ahead. The first one to Erdegaard. Um, has he got to score that or is it just a case of at least hit the target? Oh, absolutely. He, he he didn't get his feet sorted. He, he was too square. 
and he, he, he and then when he tried to swing his leg about about because he was he was like stationary so mm. he, he just he didn't set himself he got too square and he, he couldn't get any purchase or precision on 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 the ball but he's got to do better in there it was a great pick out from Tierney it wasn't you know sometimes a lot of the time the players will, will just will just swing across in as that but that was a pick out it was that was you know meant for him and yeah. he's, he's at least at least hit the target at least yeah it was it was it was poor Erdegaard had a strange game he had a, a strange game for me in, in he did some brilliant stuff he also did some awful stuff as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think for the whole, I think I think for the whole team, it was a very mixed bag. But yeah, no, I, I think he did the target. Do you not think? Yeah, no, I mean, at least hit the target there. But I think, I mean, you see the way he scores his goal later. But also, you just see some of his passing sometimes. You think a player of that quality should, at, at bare minimum, hit the target if not score. Mm. Um, and. I, I think considering the performance their goalkeeper did put in in the end, he's certainly questionable and we should have exploited that more. Um, it's a good point you bring up against about Tierney because I thought in the previous game, Tierney didn't look on it and maybe whether he was tired or mentally tired or something, he, he kind of, as good as he is, and I love Kieran Tierney, I think he's a fabulous signing and I'm really pleased we got him. He does have a tendency to sometimes sort of blind fire those those balls mm. into the box um, which I think sometimes is fine. You put it into an area and you, all you're relying on is a striker or a late midfield runner to get into those, like the front post or back stick or wherever it is he's going to put it. Um, but you really did pick him out tonight. And I thought all round Tierney today, um, the amount of times he did get passes, man, he had the beating of the fullback all day long. Yeah. He was a, it was a lot more picking out passes than it was just sort of aimlessly firing them in or just mm. sticking them up to the back toast for someone to get. So that was really good. Not that I, not that I long for like you know players we don't have anymore. But I, mm. I, when the cross, some of those crosses were coming in, I was like, "Can you imagine if we still had Giroud with his near post yeah. runs kind of thing? He would be mopping them up all day." But um, yeah. yeah, he was much better Tierney today. He was, he was, I thought, it was a solid game. He had that that fullback on toast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the the second big chance um, really before we did get the goal was. For Abamyang, the the headed chance um, got small deflection. I think it was off Socrates, mm. and the keeper. To be fair to him, made a good reaction adjustment. That was to his a save. great save. Yeah. Uh, um, but again, there, I I think it's a case of Abamyang's been in better form lately. All right, heading isn't his top ability. Um, it kind of reminds me of Omri in that way. But as a striker, you've got to be taking those chances. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard. It's a. I think I think it's actually a harder chance. Uh, than 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 maybe we realised kind of thing because it was it was a stand up ball and he's he's got to try and generate all the power himself because mm. it's it's just it's just like a dinked ball there's no whip there's no pace on it so he had to kind of generate everything and like you said a, a headings are not a Bamiang's game kind of thing but what a save from their goalkeeper I know like say we we'll we'll uh, we'll bin him off a bit later and yeah. off a bit later <laughs> but that was a absolute brilliant save because not only did he have to change his feet and change and adjust for the deflection he had to get a strong hand on that to, yeah. to kind of to stop it so it was yeah I, I i put that more on the on great goalkeeping rather than than poor abamyang to be fair yeah um and and really it felt like those two were like the two clearest chances but it felt like every time we went forwards if we just injected a little bit of pace we had you know, a, a real good chance of scoring and looked like we could kind of uh, get round them enough. 
Um, in the end, uh, the goal we got actually came from, I don't want to say an unlikely source because I, I thought at some point he was going to score, but the fashion in which he scored it, um, Erdogan's goal, wow, uh, what a hit. <laughs> mm. It was one of those ones they say it stays hit, doesn't it? It stayed yeah. hit. It was an almighty thunder cunted that ball. It was brilliant. And as I say, I, I, there's a, a little, because because I used to play in goal in my, in my youth and I, I do goalkeeper coaching uh, uh, at the academy I kind of I I, I sometimes I've not I'm big myself a bit like, I can see the goalkeepers what they're thinking about a little bit more than maybe people mm. who who never ever played in goal or, or it's they're not familiar with that position kind of thing and uh, I can see how it was hard for him because that he hit that hard and that moved a good three or four times in the air but he just, he went, he, the save he tried to make for it was just all wrong. And I'm so glad because <laughs> I said, you know, it, it's our opener, but what a hit. You can, I I, I do like Erdegaard. The, the more I see of him, the more I like him. There's, there's things, he's very still considering like the amount of games he's played, not just for us, but for, you know, for, for, who is it? Was it Sociedad he was at last year? And, Sociedad, he was at the yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still incredibly raw, mm. and he 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 you know he makes odd decisions and 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 stuff like that. But like you know, with the chance that he missed earlier, and he's he's done it a couple of times for us as well. He's getting in those positions, and he's he's in the 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 right areas to make those chances. The more I see of him, the more the more I like of him. But what a hit! It was it was absolutely stunning. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that goal. And um, funny enough, my flatmate who's in the other room is actually working at the moment. He's on a on a telephone call to some one of his big high level customers, and I absolutely screamed my head off. And then just heard <laughs> him laughing as he was talking to one of his God, I don't know million pound clients that he has to deal with. So I'm sure they enjoyed that as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean the the rest of the first half kind of played out the the majority the same way. We had one dodgy error we will get to. Um, but as the sort of first half was running out and ending, my only thought was, uh, I wasn't, it's weird. It's the first time this season I wasn't nervous. In previous games where we'd had a few chances, hadn't taken them, and they were so sort of like really, really good chances like Odegaard and Aubameyang both had. Um, if we'd only gone one goal up, I'd be like, oh no, we're, we're going to throw this. This is, this is going to be horrible. But tonight, for whatever reason it was, and for a brief period at least, I was totally wrong. I felt really comfortable because mm-hmm. Olympiacos, I know they were in the Champions League and they dropped down and they were in a very tough group and everything, but they really did look, you know, like a very poor Europa League side. They really mm-hmm. didn't look like they had anything at all. They weren't troubling us. Um, and it was one, one of two stupid moments in the game or two particular stupid moments in the game. But uh, in the first half, David Luiz, uh, yeah. it's, it's that sideshow Bob gif, isn't it? With him just on the rakes, just constantly walking into <laughs> them over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so, I mean, for anyone again, who didn't see the game, um, Luiz gets the ball. He doesn't have to be quite as close to Leno as he is. And he's getting pressured, and it's good pressure from Olympiacos. It's the first time they've really pressed that. They only did it for the last 10 minutes of the first half. But he's under pressure. He could do 
you know, there's a couple of things. You can try and knock it long, uh, you know, or knock it down the line for, for Bellerin, or he can just clear his lines, which is fine, which we have seen them do. Um, some players do it. Uh, we'll get onto why some players should do it more often later. But instead, he checks back inside and tries to go to Leno, and Olympiakos should have scored, shouldn't they? Because yeah. the guy's got the ball, and I don't know what he's eight yards out and puts it wide. Oh, yeah. It was. I thought he was on one tonight. He was doing some fucking stupid stuff. Like he, I saw in the first half, he did like some really unnecessary look away pass. Yeah. And when I saw him do that, I was like. Oh mate, he's having he's on one of them ones, isn't he? He's yeah. he's uh, he's giving it a Billy Billy big bollocks. Um and it, which kind of made me nervous. Uh, like Olympiakos, like you said, they they were really poor. I think it was a combination. I thought we in patches and in spells, I thought we were really good, mm. coupled with the fact that Olympiakos were really, really poor. Yeah. Leno for the most part, had nothing to do. There was every time they had like a half chance of their attack, it was because we gave the ball away in like really dumb positions. Yeah. Like I think even before the uh, Louise one, there was one that Erdegaard did um, that he had done the exact same thing, the almost the identical thing against Leicester. Yeah, I remember um, the pass you're talking about. Yeah, he basically like, just yeah. gives it to the striker straight in at the defence, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and it was, you know, oh, mate, we need to sharpishly cut that crap out of the of our game. But yeah, Louise, I just I I, I agree with you. I wasn't for the most part in the game, I wasn't nervous mm. because I thought we looked decent offensively and they looked shocking. Yeah. And Again, for the most part, we looked cut. It was only when our own stupidity and our our own Arsenalness that that caused us to to you know come under any bit of pressure. Yeah, it's um, it. I mean, it sort of sums up a lot of our season. Some of the things that happened tonight, and just in games where we should be comfortably winning, or we you know it's either we haven't taken our chances, but the only way the opposition are going to score is from us making a mistake. Um, and and that's what happened basically. Um, we'll we'll jump straight into the second half because there's still a few goals to talk about, and we'll we'll grab some questions from the listeners afterwards. Um, second half again, we we started. Olympiacos had a lot of the ball, but they weren't doing anything with it. They weren't really pressuring us. Um, I didn't feel like we were going to concede. They weren't creating chances, and we seemed quite content to let them have the ball. We didn't really have a problem with it. I was a little bit disappointed because I thought we were a bit passive, and mm. I just thought. Okay, you know, maybe make some substitutions, something like that, um, freshen things up a little bit, which which we did. Uh, but the the goal they score, oh, I'll I'll, I'll start it off because it's I, I don't want to cane Jacker. I, I think he's a good player, and I think he gets slammed way more than he should. Um, look, people can moan about Arteta picking him, but at the moment he's our best fit centre midfielder. I'm not saying he's our best centre midfielder. It's quite clearly Thomas Partey, but that is a player who clearly is not fit yet. Um, mm. And you could see he was fading even before he was subs. And I, mm. I actually think that was a sensible substitution. We looked okay in the game, you know, bring do, him off do his we, do, we know, do we know if it's, if it was just a, just a fitness thing, it wasn't like an injury or anything, was it? It was just a save yeah. his legs and thing like that. I think it was more of a, uh, okay. a fitness thing and just get some more minutes in his legs. Hopefully, mm. if you can play the full 90 against Spurs, that, that's great. If you can only do 60, 70 minutes, we're a better team with him 
you know, for, for that period of the game. So I think it was a sensible, sensible substitution. And you've got Savias on. He's obviously not the same quality of player. He's okay. I don't think he's anything amazing. Um, I did a poll the other night about Xhaka and Ceballos, and I think Xhaka just came out ahead, but it wasn't much uh, between the two. Lots of people voted for. They were basically about the same quality, just different styles of midfielders. Um, so we make the sub, and actually, despite the fact that Partey went off and he wasn't, he didn't look fit and he was struggling a little bit, I thought, to keep up with play and was getting muscled off the ball, we immediately collapsed. Like, all of a sudden... Olympiacos kind of came into life and they had to up their tempo. That's fair enough. They were always going to have a good spell in the game. But we just sort of lost all our shape. Defensively, before that point, we were really good. We were in nice two banks of four. We were pressing well at the right times. We weren't overexerting ourselves. We weren't leaving gaps. And all of a sudden, little gaps started to appear all over the pitch just from removing one player. Um, the goal they score, Xhaka gets the ball. He's in our half. Oh, sorry, he's just in their half. There's players all around him and he plays it backwards. He's under no pressure. He doesn't need to do it. All right, fair enough. We're 1-0 up. We're away. It's a European game. You don't need to go full tilt all the time. A bit annoying because he could have either even gone sideways would have been fine. He plays it back. Leno, eventually the ball falls to Leno and he plays it into Sabias, who's literally just come on the pitch. He's got, is it three players around him at the time? Yeah. And it's just like I, I gave Leno a little bit of stick for the the goal um, uh, the other day. Was it the Burnley one? Burnley, Jacka, yeah, yeah. yeah, where the Jacker made the mistake. And I said, look, it's majority of the issue is on Jacker. A little bit is to Leno because sometimes you just have to see you've, you're the goalkeeper. You can see the whole pitch. You can see everything that's in front of you. Mm. Sometimes just read the situation, let it go. Leno's just got to go long there, surely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least, at least say he can't give it to Sabios there. No. It's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a hospital pass. He's he's what it, there was very little we could. Like, I was, I think I put a picture in the WhatsApp group of the the um the the Xhaka thing against Burnley. I mm. I didn't I didn't have a problem with Leno at all in that thing because I I again the picture that I I, I put in there with the where the space was Jacker could have dealt with that very yeah. very easily this one was just it was just why give it to him then like i say you know it's game management game state you need you need to assess what you as a goalkeeper you can see everything in front of you yeah. he, you can see the guys of behind him and surrounding him don't give it to him there it was no. I felt a bit bad, like say, I, I felt a bit bad for Sabias in in that thing because he was, it, there was there was once it came to him and especially at the speed it came to him, there was very little he could have really done. He would have had to do something really really good to wriggle yeah. out of of those uh, of those three guys. In in that instance, yeah, he should have just should just hit it long. Should have just hit it long, got rid of it. And I like I get why we're not doing that. You know, I I, mm. I know a lot of people are. Uh, a lot of people are moaning and complaining about the, the the passing out from the back and stuff like that. But, you know, the more comfortable we get it and also the better players we eventually get once we you know, start getting uh, better players yeah. playing out from that, he's going to be better. Uh, we're going to get better at it, obviously. Uh, sounds redundant, kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, the, the goal, I think the goal against um, Burnley, that was that was how we, we drew them into us. We passed them, beat their press, counter-attacked and, 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 and we scored. You know, it, it, it works. It's just, but you've got to recognise when something's on and when it's not. And it wasn't on. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, Leno, hang your head in shame for that one, my friend. Yeah, and, and again, for people who didn't see it, Leno's not even in his box at the time. He's outside of his box. Um, it, there's, I think there's a pass on to Louise that's a lot easier um, or a lot safer pass anyway. And fair enough, Dan, Danny calls for the ball, um, but and his touch isn't the best. But as you say, he's got at least three players around him. He's trying to wriggle out that situation. I hate to... I'm no professional footballer, obviously, so I wouldn't be calling for the ball there. But he trusts in his ability and the players trust in each other. And yes, this is the way Arteta has coached them. He's told them, I want you to keep it on the floor, play out from the back, suck the opposition team in. And then if you get that killer pass that breaks a few lines, you take three, four players out of the game. Like you said, it's how we did it against Burnley. The Partey got the ball turned and just played that killer pass and just knocked like five players out of mm. uh, of defence for Burnley and William could turn with it. Um the one thing I would say to fans saying we need to stop doing this, like you just said, Rich, the longer you do it for, the better you're going to get. Obviously, once we get better players, as you said, redundant, but true, they are going to be better at doing it. The other thing as well is that I don't think you can put it all on the coach because there are players in this team and in that defence that if they're under too much pressure, they will just go long. Then they won't do an aimless ball. They'll try and hit it down the line to a player or someone who's going to be in a position. But Tierney does it. Gabriel does it. Rob Holding does it when he's playing. We saw Callum Chambers doing it the other day when he was playing against mm. Burnley. So it's not like the players are unable to make those decisions themselves on the pitch. Yes, they're being coached and told to play a certain way. But I'm sure that Arteta says to them, if you, your only possible player you can pass to has like four play, people around him, you don't play the ball there. You know, mm. you don't play to someone in that dangerous a situation, especially when you are, I don't know, he was 25 yards out from goal or something like that. He's was, scrambling was, back, you know, it's... I was going to ask about that. Do you think it's a, a, a coaching point in the sense of he was, Leno was out of his area and quite mm. a, a lot tonight, way more than he usually is. Do you think that was like a a, a, a tactic or something that maybe Arteta has said to him kind of thing to kind of we so were, that the defence can play up higher or something? We were playing a lot higher of a line tonight than I've noticed in some games. Um, and I think there is a different, if you watch a Premier League game, although it is slightly different with no fans, but the intensity in the Premier League is a lot higher than I would say in most European games, unless you know you get to the top, top levels against like Bayern Munich or someone like that. Um, so I think the game pace generally is slower, but we look to be a lot higher tonight. And having a keeper that high up means that you do generally have a safe ball to play back. And that centre-back like Gabriel or Louise, who when they're on it, and to be, again, I'm not knocking Gabriel, I thought he actually had a good game. Louise was the iffy one tonight, but they, they can play very good passes and they can play killer balls. They can do that ball over the top. And Olympiacos actually had quite a high line. And I was surprised we didn't go long a, a few more times because there was space in behind to run in behind them tonight, certainly. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, again, it's this stupid thing we keep doing and it's partly coaching. Totally agree with that. And I can understand why fans get annoyed with it and playing out from the back and it makes you nervous. I get it. This is the way Arteta wants to play. You're going to have to suffer this, unfortunately. And there will be more mistakes this season before it's out. I'm sure of it. And unfortunately, against better teams, we're going to get punished more because mm. Olympiacos probably could have had three tonight, three goals from our mistakes. But it was literally the only way they were going to score. They made yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. They made one chance, which was actually a really nice move, and it's actually doing the principle of what Arteta was doing. They played it out from the back, drew us onto them, made one good pass. 
that broke our lines and they got into our box and it was all nice one-touch moves in and uh, I think it was El Arabi put it wide. But that was it. They did, they did nothing else the entire game. Um, but again, we shoot ourselves in the foot and it's, you know, it's really stupid play. This time it's on Leno. You know, the next time it happens, it could be Louise. I mean, it could have been Louise tonight. Time for that. It could be Jacko. It could be Ceballos. There's so many players in this team who have got that individual stupid error in them. And we've seen many of them um, this season. But it, it's... it's... I, think I, th- I think I saw a stat where it's like five of our <laughs> last seven goals have yeah. all come from individual errors. Like... Yeah, it, it is. And the amount of games... I think at the end of the season, there was someone was doing like VAR stats and things like that. And I, I put a thing out the other day and I said, if at the end of this season, if there'll be someone who wants to do it, I'm sure there always is on Twitter. But if you go through games and look at individual errors we've made in games that have led to a team getting a goal, which has meant we've either lost a game and not got a point, or we've ended up drawing a game because of it or something like that. Even if you ignore the VAR thing, if you take those individual mistakes out, no, you're not going to get rid of all of them because Footballers are human beings. They're going to make mistakes at times. But the really stupid, obvious ones that they shouldn't be doing at this level of football, we'd be so much higher up the table. Mm. It's unbelievable. And I, I think the the problem Arteta's got as a coach and convincing fans is that he's got this idea of how he wants to play and he wants to do that. Now, he could say, I haven't got the players to do it, so I'm going to sacrifice my style of football and just deal with what I've got. <laughs> I get that and I understand it. The issue is then you're sacrificing all your principles and what you become and what you are as a coach to satisfy the squad you've got rather than going to the board and to the fans. This is the way we're going to play football. This is what I want us to do. When it works, it looks brilliant and it's amazing. And there's been some really good goals this season and some really nice play. And even in this game, there was some really nice play as well. Um, so you just have to sort of suffer until the squad gets up to the level and the ability to play that style of football. Um, different comparison but Man City first season when Pep was there made horrendous errors all the time Mm. until obviously they have a lot more money to spend but he also it took him a full season to coach all those things into it so yeah very strange Um, I I mean after that goal there was a long period of being very very wobbly Um, Mm. and I'll I'll jump straight ahead to to our second goal because I didn't think after we could see if we were going to score again, I'll be honest, because we'd fallen to bits. Olympiacos got a huge, you know, buzz in the game, uh, like big rays. And um, I was, up until we scored, the whole time once they equalised, I was like, right, you got to make a change now. You, you've got to bring on Pepe. Yeah. You've got to bring on Smith-Rowe, or Martin, just something. You've got to do something with the team because they've clearly lost it. You need, you need that kind of thing. Um, we, I assume you. Yeah, were the goal. Screaming. The goal really affected us. It really yeah. did. It, we got proper. We were really, really wobbly. Mm. Re- we had no. We had no shape. No cohesion. We couldn't keep hold of the ball, and we mm. just yeah, just silly, silly passes. Like, um, and I was what? So what minute was the goal? Because I was, I was actually thinking. I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, you need, you need to do something, Mikel. Yeah. It's, it, it do- so the goal was on fifty-eight minutes. So I thought. Before they scored, I thought, okay, he's going to make a change, maybe 60 minutes. He's already brought Tobias on. You can have five subs in the Europa League now. You've got the North London derby coming up as well. This is enough time. You give players 30 minutes. They can impact the game. They're not knackered. And the ones who are on the bench can maybe start like Pepe or whatever at the weekend. 
Um, but yeah, he just he just held on. And it just it honestly it really reminded me of Wenger. And I was just going, Oh god, it's it's the 75 minutes, <laughs> it's the 75 minute sub thing again. It's yeah, so yeah, annoying. Yeah. And you're just every because you know, for 20 odd years there'd be games where you'd be just watching it and going, Come on, Arson, I know you can do it. And as much as you always knew who's gonna make a sub at that time, you still you had that tiny little bit of hope again. Oh, I remember that one time he made a sub at half time. You forget it was because a player was injured or something like that, or yeah. they were just like, you know, having an Abue game or whatever. You're like, no, no, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And he, he just will not budge from this sort of late, late substitution thing. It's, it is very strange. And that, that again, is another reason why I can understand fans are questioning some of his in game management, um, mm. certainly. But, um, yeah, which, is, we... which is weird because when he first started with us and we were having the water breaks and that, he was praised for his in-game management. Um, it's it's so weird how that now it's kind of seems to like they've gone the other way and his his, 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 his subs and his in-game management seems to have dipped a little bit. Because that's what yeah. I said. That's yeah. what he, he was praised for at the, at the beginning of his uh, his tenure. Mm. Yeah, I, I he's obviously, I, I don't, I think anyone who's intelligent enough can see just from his time at City and the sort of praise he's got from players who played there and from Pep and other people, he's clearly a very good coach. He's very good at coaching players uh, individually and getting more out of them. And I think you've seen that with a lot of Arsenal players this season. But um, in-game management is still, for me, a question. And it's, it's a fucking hard job to learn on, like especially mm. at a club like Arsenal. I, I know we were sort of on a downward spiral before he came in, but it's not easy. Um, so I kind of feel like it's a bit of a blessing maybe for him that fans aren't in the stadium yeah. or games and stuff because, wow, we'd be getting some stick. Um, we did get a goal, though, and uh, just complete shock for me because, yeah, as I say, I just, I just thought, oh, this is just one of those games. Olympiakos going to win this. We could have been 3-0 up, home dry. Olympiakos would have gone, right, no, we're done. Ignore it. Um but it was our Brazilian connection yet again. But this time it was William to Gabriel. Wow, what a header. Really, really oh, yeah. fucking good header. The the proverbial leaping like a salmon. Yeah. It was uh, I did I did have a worry when they were like checking with VAR. I was like, what the hell are they yeah. checking this for? Yeah. It's so unnecessary kind of thing. Um but I think it was I think the check was fairly quick. I think it was they were just waiting for the guy. Was it Jan and Via who was on the floor? The the I think it was, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think it was a concussion uh, check in the end, rather yeah. than uh, than a VAR one. But yeah, I was very worried. I was like, oh no, don't don't rule this out because that just sums up our fucking season of yeah. play really well. We only score one goal. We give away a stupid one. Then we score a goal and VAR says no. <laughs> was, it was it was, was a great yeah. header though. It was a great. He got he he, he leapt really really well timed it beautifully and mm. absolutely directed the header like back yeah. across goal it was it wasn't like there, there was nothing fluky or lucky about that it was no. it, it was a really good bit of skill from uh from from gabriel good decent cross from um from willian as well that's another assist to his uh name i guess yeah yeah another assist um again he just a uh, simple thing most footballers you think would be able to do it, but he looks up, sees players in a box and he puts it in an area and just says, go and attack the ball. Yeah, it, it, sometimes it isn't rocket science. It's still a really good goal. And for, for me, sometimes I enjoy those goals more because it's just more about sort of uh, power, reading the the flight of the ball and, and just determination to get there. Um, so we go 2-1 up. I'm a little bit more relaxed. I think, oh, okay, 
I'll take 2-1. It's fine. It's annoying, but I'll take it. It's two away goals. We should be okay. Um, Arteta then makes some subs. Twitter was absolutely screaming at this point because the first player out to warm up was El Nini. And yeah, yeah. Oh, and right. So th- there was three subs all came on at the same time. So Pepe comes on for Saka, El Nini for Willian, and Smith Rowe for Erdegaard. Now, because El Nini was the first one to warm up, and I saw him warming up, and I just thought, oh, Mikel, no. <laughs> and again, I'm not knocking yeah. El Nini. I think he's a, he's a fine player. He's good for the squad. I like having him there. He's a good option. But I just thought, You've got to win the game. He's not going to win the game for you. Mm. And everyone on Twitter is saying the same thing. And I could not be more pleased that El Nenny has made me look like a complete mug. Along with everyone else. (laughs) Little did you know, the Egyptian Perlo had another cracker in the bag. He only scores Uh, in Europe and he only scores weldies. What is going on? (laughs) It's what he does. It was, it was pretty like, I see him driving forward and I I was like, He's gonna have he's gonna have a crack here. He's gonna have a crack, yeah. and it's, it's, no one expected him to do it. The opposition because they they just all backed away and they they left a gaping hole because I think they you're not really he's not known for it. Yes, he scored a worldie against Barcelona, and I can't remember yeah. who the other uh, other um, European team it was against. But, you know, he's not known for having a shot. He's not known for being creative. So I think they they were covering the other bases. You know, the the covering the runners and not yeah. really paid giving him much mind but he uh he made him pay for it uh, yeah. you know he see he looked at that ball and he said i is a ship ship i have been demonic neck and just absolutely twatted it i loved it <laughs> if anyone didn't know that was yeah I, I don't speak the language either but i'm sure it was all praise <laughs> N- neither neither do i i just know the swear words <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just absolutely cracking hit um Different kind of flight to to uh, Erdegaard's one, but mm. yeah, again he hit it and it stayed hit, and the keeper got a hand to it, but just the the power he got behind the ball, he's he's never saving that, and it again had a nice little bit of swerve on it as well, which makes it more difficult. So um, just yeah, cracking goal, and you can see how how pleased he was in the, in the yeah, team. he was made up for it, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely made up for it. Um, and yeah, at, at that point it was okay. Now I can relax. Right, we, mm. we've got the three goals. It's okay. It's There's five minutes to go. Um, we had another late sub. Uh, Lacazette came on for Aubameyang. Um, and again, and then once we got the three goals, we actually played sensible. We just run the clock down, took it into the corner flag, didn't do anything too stupid. Pepe, when he got the ball, took on a few players, but then he was like, no, nah, that, that run's closed off. I'll just play it back, keep possession. And we were sensible. Mm. Um why we couldn't do and play like that for the full 90 minutes, I will never understand, but it's just the way Arsenal are. It's not the Arsenal way, is it? No. Um, before we get some questions from the chat, and thank you for people who've already put them in, we've we've grabbed some of those, but if you have any more, please fire away. Um, I just want to talk a couple of individual players. Um, I thought probably our best players on the night were Tierney. Again, really good, solid performance. I thought Gabriel was really good tonight. Mm. Didn't put a foot wrong. Um, Xhaka, despite playing it back for what did eventually lead to the goal, I thought I had a solid game. Um, and Bellerin, someone who's got a lot of stick uh, lately, I thought actually was probably one of our best players. Uh, he was really solid, wasn't he? Um, I, I think, again, I've said this before, the big difference between him and Cedric is if you want someone just to play as a right back, traditional right back, Cedric's probably the better option. 
But if you want someone to do what Mikel asked the fullback sometimes to do, which is come inside and and let the winger stay out wide, <clears throat> and Bellerin does it really well, he's, he's passing um, and his movement through into the centre of midfield uh, has been excellent. Um, uh, really good. So, yeah, big big praise for Hector tonight because I, I don't think he put a foot wrong, to be honest. No, no, no. I agree. I thought I thought I thought he was he was he was decent. He, like I said, a lot a lot of nice runs runs forward. I think he mm. he works well with Saka as well. Him and yeah. him and him and Pepe. I just I don't think the connection's there. They're just no. they, it's oil and water. They just they don't go together. But he works well with Saka. Um, you know they link up well. It it helps that Saka can also help him defensively when need to as well. Yeah, you know he's he's got a good defensive brain on him as well. But yeah, I I, I like I said I'm. I, I'm not the biggest critic of, of of Bellerin, but I have been in the past criticised him at times, you know, for his technique level and stuff like that. Mm. I, I've 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 long said that he kind of, you know, he 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 burst, he he, he burst onto the first team before his technique level had caught up with him with it, you know with his with the level that he was at just purely because of his pace and because of the injury to Debushi. um yeah so I, i've criticized him in that for the past but yeah couldn't fault him tonight i thought he was very very good i completely agree yeah there was um a couple of times where he got in really good positions and picked out great passes and there was one late on actually where um i think i'm not sure I f- it was just before the Elneny goal where he got in, I think Pepe played him in um, really nice, and he put the ball perfect, and it literally rolled across the line. He just needed a touch from anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they they pointed out. I think Steve Sidwell was on commentary, and he pointed out that uh, uh, um, Smith Rowe was there at the back post, but then he checked into the middle. Yeah, and had he stayed where he was, he was like, you know, straight tapping. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Um, so yeah, in the end, blush is saved. Uh, we won three one. It was a game that probably could have finished. Well, I six, seven, three, um, if we're honest. But again, all the goals bar the one chance that Olympiacos did make, which was a very good one, um, you know, that El Arabi did put wide, we gave them all the chances. So yet again, it is it is us causing our own issues. Um, we're going to jump into some questions. Uh, so we've got first one here from N2351. So anyone who's not watching live or has only listened to the audio might not understand this, but this is why you should come check out the YouTube. Because he asked, does anyone think John put his head on upside down as he got ready in a rush for the show? Um, <laughs> I can assure you I have not put my head on upside down, but it's not the first time I've heard that comment. I did shave my head earlier, though, so it's probably why it looks worse than normal, if you say. Have you, are, are you Benjamin buttoning uh, from Danny? Is that what the... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've, I basically, I've been on this podcast so long that all I do now is take fashion tips and, and style you know, grooming from Danny. So... Um, I basically got you, you, you and me both. The beard is getting yeah. scraggly and long. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just you know need to fill out a bit more, sit down a lot more. Although I do sit down at the desk a lot of work, so I'm slowly getting there. I'm going to morph into Danny. So eventually he can retire, you know, and then I'll take over being the button monkey. Danny is in the background tonight, by the way. He's pushing all the buttons for us because I'm too stupid to do it. Um, right, so <laughs> this counts some real questions. Not that that isn't a real question, Nancy. Thank you very much for the question. Uh, K Man asks, Do we have the right players to play from the back? Uh, should Arteta recognize it's not working and put a new system? So hard to watch at the moment. What do you think, Rich? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think it, I, it, like I said, it's game state, it's game management. You play what's in front of you. Um, it's, it's been done. We've done it to great effect. 
You know, we've done it against, we did it against uh, Leicester, we did it against Burnley, we've done it against in uh, Man City in the FA Cup semi-final. Like, I'm sure there's other times we've done it loads kind of thing, but they're the, the, the main ones that kind of stick out to me kind of thing. I think we did, didn't we do it against Liverpool again, uh, in the charity shield as well? You know, it, it does work. It's, you know, because otherwise you're just going to get teams two banks of four sitting deep on you and it, it uh, and and that's just proved so hard for us to to break down and especially when you've got a bamiang up top knocking it long to him to try and fight off you know six foot four defenders mate you he's going to struggle all the time so i think yeah. i think it's i think it's you know horses for courses it's it's playing what's ahead of you um, the more we do it, the better we'll get on it, get at it, and the better players we have, players who can play the ball first time with their wrong foot, um, players who can, you know, accept the ball and turn and turn with it, and you know, let the ball roll across their body. It, it will get there. We'll get better at it. I, 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 I don't think we should stop doing it because I, I think. It'd be good to, as long as you don't do it all the time. Like I said, you need to know when to mix it up and when to when yeah. to do it when it's on. Yeah, that, that's the big thing for me is knowing when you can play those passes. And again, the obvious thing to say, if you have better players, we'll be better at it. But it's not just that; it's the better players are generally better at reading the game and understanding what time, what moment it is in the game, whether it's near half time and when to play it safe. And oh, okay, there's two minutes left. I can just knock it longer. I don't have to play the nice tidy neat football you know that sort of thing um so no i agree i think you do have to stick with it um because if you if you become a club that doesn't have an identity or a way of playing um and you want to be like a top top team eventually i think it's very difficult to do that without an actual certain style or you know um the only way you do that is if you've got some like absolute, you know, worldly superstar players like a, you know, Messi or Hazard or something like that who can carry you through games. And I know we've got Bakaya Saka, but he's still very young and he can't do it all the time. Um, another one for I, do, I, I get the I get the uh, the anxiety though. It does fucking. Oh, I, I get it as well. It, it sometimes it really does my head in. Really, really does. You know. Um, and sometimes I'm just going, just get rid of it. You know, it's proper Sunday league stuff. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you, you you have to kind of suffer those moments. Um, I mean, we we had it with, under Wenger. Like some of the best games of football I've seen was when seasons where we weren't really realistically competing. We played some amazing football, but then also you'd get the, oh, here we go, it's the horseshoe passing, you know, just sort of in mm. midfield. We're just going to pass it around the box for 10 minutes and not do anything with it. And it would be boring, you know. It would be genuinely boring. But it's one of those things that sometimes you you have to persevere with to, to get the uh, the right results. Mm. Um, another one from K-Man. Arteta has improved our defence. How much time does he need, oh, excuse me, to solve our attack? Um... I I I can I can see why there are people getting uh, maybe getting a little bit annoyed with Arteta at times, and I, I I you know the attack has suffered greatly because he was spending so much time trying to fix the defence, um, and the fact that we spent so much of the season playing without an attacking midfielder. Um, 
you know, he didn't even have to be a number 10, but you know what I mean? Like uh, playing without an attacking midfielder. Um, I think, I think it's slowly getting better. You know, it's still not great. Um, but you know, we're starting to see some, some improvement from Pepe, some improvement from Willian. Um, you know, our, our, a Bamiang or even if Lacazette is playing up top, they're no longer dropping down and picking the ball up from the, from fucking Leno. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it is getting there. Um, how long would I give? I, I think next season is the season we need to see real improvement from Arteta's side. Um, you know, I feel sorry for Arteta in the sense of he's, he's, he's had to come in and do so much with so little in such strange times, you know, the, the, yeah. the big, the big COVID break um, playing without fans, which you could probably say is, is, has been somewhat of a, a help because I think, you know, some of the performances he would have got absolutely slaughtered by the fans in the stadium. Um, you know, the fact that he, that there was so, there's been so much upheaval in the squad, um, you know, he, he, in, 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 in the, the, winter transfer window he's got rid of so many players um you know everything the whole Urzel debacle and stuff like that you know uh, he's he's dealt with a hell of a lot for for a young manager kind of thing and I know people will scream at me and go yeah but we're fucking 10th and yeah, it, it, it sucks, it, but it, it's been, it's been such a weird season. Like the West Ham are four for crying out loud. Yeah. It's just, it's just been a top, apart from Man City, it's just been so topsy turvy. And it's, you know, uh, had we not had that diabolical run of games, mm. you know, it, it, it's been so nip and tuck at times kind of thing. I, so for me, I don't know about you, John, but for next season, he, there needs to be significant improvement um, yeah. next season. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just in terms of actually going to the improving the attack, I think the attack has improved massively as the season's gone on. Because if you look just in the last run of four or five games, the amount of chances we've created, mm. a manager can only coach so much and then it's down to the players to take the chances. And we haven't been taking as many as we should. Um, whether you want to look at XG or just what your eyes tell you just from watching a game. I, I try not to look at XG too much. Yeah, you can get blinded by stats, but they, they are there for a reason and they are used by everyone, uh, whether you like them or not. Um, but, I mean, tonight's game is a prime example. There's there's at least three easy goals, you know, we, we probably should have scored. Erdegaard, uh, Bamuang's one, maybe I'm a little bit harsh, but I think he he's good enough to score that. The ball Bellerin puts across the box. You know, there, there's a good few chances there that we could have put away. Um, and defensively, we have massively improved. You know, there's a reason why we were, up until a few weeks ago, second in the league defensively. Mm. It was only City who were better than us. So I, I think the improvements are there. You just have to you just have to kind of persevere with it. And honestly, if you watch Premier League football at the moment, I'm one of the few people in ABW who likes watching Man City. A lot of people in ABW find them really boring to watch. Mm. But if you watch Premier League games, most of the football is dreadful. No one's playing exciting football. It's really good. It's very sort of um, just, you know, we're going to kind of get on with it. And I don't know if it's it's partly the fans not being there and it doesn't amp the players up as much, I think. 
But yeah, no one, no one seems to be playing particularly exciting football. I just think the players are fucking knackered, to be honest. But mm-hmm. next season for me is is Arteta's big one. He's got to do something next season. I'm not, I'm not saying he has to get Champions League football, but um, much more improved and at least challenging for those top four places. I think yeah, yeah is the big thing. Um, right, we'll do a couple more questions and then we uh, we will wrap it up. Um, oh, actually, just quickly on next season, one thing I will say is. And again, I'm not defending Arteta before it even happens. You also do have to take into account that they've had this horrible, weird break, then extended season, then very condensed season, and they've got to play Euros as well. Yeah. So the players are still going to be even more knackered. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're going to uh, get through that. Uh, Philip McHenry says, is it just me or do we not score many great headers these days? Uh, no, it's not just you. We really don't score many great headers. Um, set pieces tonight were, whew, Wow. They were they were interesting to say the least, but mm, there's there's a there's a big French lamppost who would love to play on this team at the moment. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Matt Roberts asks, how worried would you get if both Albert and Laka aren't scoring? Um, for me personally, it would be I would worry if it was we're not getting the ball to them and getting them in positions to score. Mm, that's yeah. more of a worry. If they're getting chances and they're not hitting them, that's fine. All strikers go through dry spells. Don't have a problem with it. Aubameyang had his. It wasn't all his fault. It was partly down to the people playing behind him. It, I'm more worried if we don't get them in the positions to score goals. I don't, I don't know if you're the same on that one, Rich. No, 100%, mate. I completely agree. Yeah. I, I'm, Like I said, a couple of months ago, like I said, prior to, like I said, uh, just after Christmas of where it was, mm. where, you know, where you had Lacazette, playing as a bloody midfielder and stuff yeah. like that and, and you know trying to get Bamiang to do the same where they're not getting touches in the box they're not getting chances that worried me more than what's happening uh, what's happening now yeah um, couple more uh, another one from K-Man is it time to sit Saka for Pepe or Martinelli um, Saka was weird tonight he was good at the start and won some really good free kicks and they were obviously targeting him as pretty much every team does at the moment mm. but he did fade um, the problem I've got right and I do agree with the sentiments of playing him a lot is a risk because he's so young and we saw it happen to other young players and it's, that's not the reason why Jack Wilshire and other players necessarily faded in their careers they were really unlucky with injuries but you do risk a player's career if you play them so much so young you can look at Phil Foden at Man City as a prime example of someone who was clearly brilliant you know and probably could have been playing a lot more but Pep has brought me in very, very slowly. Mm. The problem with dropping Saka is that he's the kind of player that you kind of almost have to leave him on the pitch a lot of the time because even if he's not doing something in a game and he's not having his greatest, you know he could have that moment of magic and just turn it on. It's, mm. it's a really difficult one. It's because he's, he's he's one of our best players at the minute, which is it, yeah. it, 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 it's good on one hand, but it's it's sad that, you know, this, how old is he? He's like 19 or whatever 19, it is. 19, yeah. 19 year old kid is is our most productive and best player mm. on the pitch yeah. um i th- i thought he looked knackered i i would have yeah. brought him off a lot sooner than um than he was brought off yeah. he, he he looked absolutely spent he has played so many minutes the lad it's it's um yeah i think i think his only Xhaka has played more minutes than than Saka at the moment which mm. which for his age is unbelievable i'm glad he subbed him off because there's been many games where he's been reluctant to do it it would have been nice for it to be earlier um my hope is that like he's going to play against Tottenham unless there's mm. an injury He'll play. Of course he will. He's one of our best players, if not our best player this season. 
Um, my hope is that we get through that game, he gets through okay. Obviously that we win it. Oh, fucking hell, can't suffer that. But if we do and it's fine, you get to the Olympiacos second leg and you can go, I don't need to start you today, Bakaya. We've got three away goals. I can put you mm. on the bench, you know, and try and give him some of a rest. And you've got people like Smith Rowe and Pepe and, you know, Martinelli who hasn't featured a lot lately. Yeah. So that's that that's my that's my thought on it. Um but yeah, it is a worry how many minutes he's played. I don't think it's a detriment to um Pepe or Martinelli. Look, it, the best player should play is the simple answer. And he's better than both of them at the moment. Um I feel a little bit sorry for Martinelli. He hasn't got the game time. But again, we don't know what happens in training, so we don't know how, you know, how he's playing at the moment and whatever. And maybe he maybe he's on the bench and he's one of the key ones to come on in the Spurs game and this has been Arteta's plan all along. Um, I, can't, I can't see it. <laughs> no, no, I agree. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, right. We've got one more question to do. Uh, it's from Superflea, who asks, should Arsenal bring back Maitland-Niles and Willick? Do they have a future? Uh, a future to be sold, maybe. Um, I just, I don't know. I just... Um, Willick probably maybe more than Maitland Niles. Um, maybe I guess I don't know. I mean, I, I've not really seen what they've they've been doing too much in the um, uh, for their respective clubs. I've, I've, I've from what I've gathered, I think Willick has been decent for Newcastle. Um, I have no idea about the conservative um, under Sam Allardyce. God knows what he's being taught down there or up there. Um, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I'd like to say yes. I think, I think because of age profile and how much Mikel seems to have used them, I would say more so Willock than Maitland Niles. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just think that the not not that he had an attitude problem, but the 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 just the the lang the the body language and, and the, the reluctance was, to use Maitland-Niles. I think it's more a mentality with, with Maitland-Niles. It seemed to me like he could obviously turn it on and play really, you know, and concentrate in games, but then he just dip when he sort of felt comfortable in the team was, was my issue. Um, for me personally, I'm, my guess would be that both would be sold um, because we are going to need to raise funds. They're both English. They've both got a lot of Premier League minutes so that immediately makes them worth more than probably they should be. Um, with the change in the rules and the homegrown quotas going up because of Brexit and everything else, um, that plays into our advantage. Uh, if I had to bring one back, it's probably more likely Willock than Maitland-Niles. I know Maitland-Niles is supposedly the more versatile one. My issue is that everyone says he's more versatile because they think he can play in midfield, and I really don't think he can play a centre-mid. I don't trust him on the ball. Um, I'm not saying that Willock is a well-beater or anything else, but uh, I just think in terms of taking instruction from a uh, from a coach and having that high energy and output in games and following instructions, I think he does a better job. Um, so for me, if you if you have to bring one back, it would be that. Um, but my guess would be that those two are probably sold. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if the likes of maybe Enketia and possibly even Reece Nelson, Nelson might, yeah. Yeah, might go the same way, which is, um, you know, it, it's disappointing, but it, you always get kids come through who look exciting, look promising, and you give them time, 
not every single one's going to be a sacker. You know, sometimes they're going to be a sort of six out of 10 midfielder, which is why I would say that Willock would, for me, be the more likely one because the one area we are short that Ceballos goes back from his loan deal. Personally, I wouldn't buy him, but that's again up to the manager. I, we don't know what's going to happen with Elneny, whether he stays or not. Um, that leaves you with Partey and Xhaka. We clearly need a better midfielder to play with Partey, which means you need backup. And if Xhaka is one of the backups, whether he wants to do that or not is a question. Um, and Willock is an option to bring off the bench and he's young enough and he's still got the ability to improve and learn. Um, so for me, he makes more makes more sense. But there you go. Um, okay, that's going to be all the questions for tonight. Thank you very much to the chat box for firing in all the questions you did. Um, even the funny ones about my head being upside down. Um, but yeah, go celebrate. I know it's a school night. Um, or maybe you don't have school tomorrow or work or, you know, whatever it is. Enjoy yourself. We did get a win in the end. It did was a little bit more difficult than it had to be because, look, it's Arsenal. This is the way we do it. But Mo's look, smiling. Look, look at that, that smile. lovely picture of Mo. Look at yeah. him. He's absolutely loving it. Um, yeah, so go enjoy yourselves. Um, be excited for the derby the weekend. Be nervous, whatever you want to be. Um, I'm really excited for it personally I think we could actually do something but there we go I've probably shot us all in the foot um, <laughs> if you have enjoyed the show and you're watching live please hit the like button uh, if you're listening later and it's on YouTube please hit the subscribe button and hit the bell icon it will tell us tell you sorry anytime you go live uh, thank you for listening on iTunes reviews are always welcome bad reviews also always welcome quite happy with those um, if you're watching on Twitch, thank you for watching on Twitch. If you've got Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to our Twitch for free. It doesn't cost you any money. It gives Danny a whole £2.50 a month so he can feed his cats. Um, <laughs> and if you're watching on Facebook, do the like button and follow our page and all that sort of thing. So I know we never give Facebook enough love. Um, yeah, so it just leaves to say, Rich, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, mate. Um, again, quick plug for the live show. If you aren't watching live, come watch the video because Rich's hoodie tonight has been getting a lot of love. The retro Arsenal hoodie. Oh, been it? getting, it's I been getting a lot. Of, oh, it's been getting a lot of love in the chat, mate. They're absolutely loving that. They are loving Tremendous. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, thank you, Danny, for pushing the buttons behind the scenes. So I will just say we've been ABW live, Olympiacos one, Arsenal free, up the gunners, down with that lot on Sunday. Danny switches himself. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>